Hello, everybody. This week is Parashas Shaftim, and we're going to be talking about the halachas of davening and brachas in the presence of diapers uh, or immodestly dressed people. And it's going to take us about two weeks. Essentially, this topic is really referred to as the mitzvah of Ahoyah Machanecha Kadosh. That means that whenever you say a davar shebekedusha, you say a bracha, you daven, learning technically, all, it's all a davar shebekedusha. You can't be in the presence of something which is not Kaddish, which is either Taya, which means any form of human waste, most typically diapers, but can be animal waste also, and also immodestly dressed people, which is referred to as erba. You can't be anything uncovered, which is meant to be uncovered, and we'll talk about children and, and adults and hair and all that. So, but before we begin with the halachas of Ahayim Rechanach HaKadosh, I just want to clarify one thing. If any time you're in the middle of davening, even if you're in the middle of Shemun Esrei, and a baby starts crying or a child has a problem and begins to bother you incessantly, you're allowed to stop and attend to the issue and then return to davening. And even if you have to walk, you can walk over to the baby or take him or, or, or her up and, and sue the baby and then return to your place and finishing finish davening. And the reason that this is permitted is because it's impossible to have kavana when a, a child is screaming or has some kind of problem. And therefore, it's mutter to do what's necessary to allow you to daven with kavana. After the problem is dealt with, you return to your place to finish Shmanesre. As a rule, the best position to daven Shmanesre in is is one that you can have the most kavana, like, uh, you know, if you're on a plane, if you're going to have most kavana sitting, obviously you sit. And the same thing goes for when you're taking care of a child. So wherever it is that you can be that will give you, you'll have the most kavana if it's sitting, then, then you know, sitting, holding a baby or whatever it is, and that's the position you, you should be in when davening. So now moving on to the halachas of If you want to daven or bench or make a bracha, you aren't obligated to check your baby first to make sure they don't have a dirty diaper. You're allowed to assume that they are clean. And even if you discover after davening that in truth the baby did have a dirty diaper, you don't need to daven again because you are in the right to assume that they're clean because you have no reason to think otherwise. If you smell something and you chose to ignore it, and then you daven, that's already a different story. Because once you smell something, then you do have to suspect, maybe more than suspect, that there is some, some, some of a dirty diaper in, the, in your presence, in your dalanamis, and you can't daven. And then in that situation, if you daven or bench, it's not valid, and you would have to daven again. If you are in the middle of davening or saying kriyashma or benching or making a bracha, and you realize that your child does have a dirty diaper, just then, you start smelling it. These are the rules. If the baby is less than three months old, you definitely don't have to stop. That doesn't have the halacha, the qualification of what's referred to in Hebrew as tzaya. It's not a problem. Once the baby is older than three months, it depends if the baby has begun to eat semi-solid foods like oatmeal or rice cereal because once the baby begins to eat those at a regular pace, meaning like the baby can finish a bowl in a normal amount of time, the baby's diaper becomes a problem. That's the Gemara's 
rule that if a, once a, a child can start to consume a grain, like I, like I mentioned, like oatmeal or rice cereal, and they can consume it at a decent pace, then, it's, then, then, then their waste becomes an issue. If the diaper is just wet, it's not a problem, even if you're holding the baby, provided that there's no bad smell. If you can smell the diaper, you can't daven or bench. And again, like I mentioned before, if you do so, you'd have to repeat it. It would be If you can't smell the diaper, let's say you know it's a dirty diaper, but as it happens, you can't, you're in a place in the room where you can't smell the diaper. But if you were to go closer, you would be able to smell. So here the halacha is, you need to place yourself about six to eight feet away from the last place you can smell the diaper. So let's say, for argument's sake, the baby is in um, a car seat and sleeping, and the baby has a dirty diaper, and, and he or she is on one side of the room, and you start smelling it, and you back up, back up, and you don't smell it. From the place where you stop smelling it, you go another six feet, and that, from, that, from that place, you're allowed to make a bracha, and you're allowed to daven. If you don't have the option of going far away in order to finish benching or finish Krishma or finish davening or whatever it is you're in the middle of, as long as you're far enough away that you can't smell it, some pipes can maintain that you may bench and daven. The majority seem to disagree and hold that it's not permitted. Permitted, If the smell is being totally dispersed by a fan or an air freshener, you can daven if you don't have the option to move away. And this is important to realize that at times you're stuck like that. For example, let's say you're on a plane or in a car and you can't stop and, or the seatbelt sign is illuminated and the baby's sleeping and you don't want to wake the baby or you simply can't, you don't have the ability to take them and change them and you smell the diaper, you just can't dab in a bench. It's just not an option. You can't have in a bench with that smell. And if the smell gets dispersed, if you can open the windows, so then... If you have absolutely no other option, you're not going to be stopping for a long time, then you can daven and you can bench. In a situation where you can't daven and bench because of the smell, what you should at least do is be maharir. Think the brachas in your mind that you're allowed to do. Uh, and obviously, if the situation changes and you can change the diaper, then daven for real. But if you can't do anything else, then just be maharir. At least think the bracha in your mind. If the diaper doesn't smell, even though you know the baby is dirty, but there's no smell, you are allowed to dive in a bench. Okay, so in a nutshell, if you think the diaper is dirty and you smell something, then you can't continue until you take care of the problem by either getting out of the way, moving Daladamus away from, at least try to move Daladamus from where the smell stops, and that's provided that the baby is old enough that it eat, the baby can eat semi-solid food, like oatmeal or rice cereal, less than that is not a problem, and just a wet diaper is also not a problem. Now, if there's a potty in the room, you're trying to train a baby, a child, toddler, and there's a potty in the room, and even if it's clean, even if the potty is clean, but the, if the part of the potty that the waste goes into is in the room and it's not covered, like some potties have a cover, so you can cover it, but if it doesn't have a cover, you can't bench or daven while it's in your site. It needs to be covered. And if it has an insert, so remove the insert, you know, then that's enough. But but uh, if that insert is around and it's not covered, you can't bench or dive it, even if it's clean. If the dirty diaper has been removed and tied up in a plastic bag to the point where you can no longer smell it, you may dive it in that area, even though, as a rule, it's kind of a good idea to get it out of the house. A garbage pail itself, garbage, in other words, is not considered a problem unless there's a bad smell emanating from it. Then 
even a garbage, you would have to distance yourself six to eight feet from the place where the smell ends. So if you're walking in the street and there's smell from garbage, you have to stop whatever it is that you're saying, if you're saying a bracha, or whatever it is you're, you're davening maybe. So you have to stop while you smell that smell until you get more six to eight feet from where the smell stops smelling. That's another important halacha that refuse any kind of garbage is a problem. And the same thing goes for animal waste. If you're walking on the street and you see animal waste, you need to wait until you can distance yourself from it six to eight feet. If a person steps into animal waste, that obviously is a serious problem and you can't do anything until you get rid of it. You take off the shoes and clean it or just get the shoes out of there. So all, all those can be an issue. And next week, Bez Hashem will discuss the halachas of of uh, making a bracha or davening in front of people or children who are modestly dressed or here uncovered, and we'll, we'll go through those halachas. The last mitzvah in this week's Pasha is the mitzvah of Egla Arufa. Egla Arufa is when, unfortunately, a dead body of a Jew is found near a city, and no one knows who the murderer is. And the Torah commands that the Chachamim, the sages of that city, they should bring a young cow and slaughter it, a calf, on the place where the body was found. And that whole area forever can never be planted. It can't be, it can't be cultivated. And the purpose is to be a temporary atonement for the people of the city who are held responsible for not seeing that there's justice until the murderer is found and justice can be served. And when they bring this cow, they have to make a crop proclamation. The Tamid Chachamim and the Bezdin of the city, they make a proclamation. They say, that our hands didn't spill this blood. And Rashi immediately comments, and he's quoting a Gemara, he says, what do you mean? They, they have to say, we didn't spill this blood. Would someone think that the Zikne Bezdin, the Tamid Chachamim, the Gedel Hadar, the ones who killed this person? So the Gemara explains that they mean to say that we didn't do anything that would be equivalent to killing him. You know what that would be, the Gemara says? What would be equivalent to killing him would mean that we would have met him in the city and sent him on his way without escorting him, Levaya, without escorting him out of the city. If we would have sent him away without escorting him out of the city, that would be equivalent to killing him. Then our hands would not be clean. And that's, that's a, a powerful, powerful message that there's, there's a protection we give someone when we escort them. And that's a mitzvah. To, to, to escort someone is a mitzvah. The Rambam says that there's a mitzvah to visit the sick. There's a mitzvah to be menachem avelim, to comfort people that have lost a family member. There's a mitzvah of halvayis ames, to escort a, a, a funeral, to marry off a kalach, and there's a mitzvah to do levaya, to escort guests, do everything necessary to bury the dead, and to be mesamech chasem But then he says, the reward for escorting guests the reward for the mitzvah of Levaya is more than all the rest. And he writes, it's the chayk, in other words, it was the practice that Avram Ravinu established and the path of chesed that he began. He would feed travelers, he would give them to drink, and then he would escort them. Hachnasas orchem is greater than Kabbalah's Shechina, than greeting the Shechina, and escorting guests is the greatest level of that. And he writes, coming from this Rashi, this Gemara, that whoever doesn't escort guests is as if he's killing them. In the next halach of the Ramam goes on to say that Bezdin would have people set up for this express purpose, to escort guests out of the city. And if they don't, and they didn't take care of that, and they didn't make that their responsibility, 
they're considered as if they killed them. And even if you just escort the guest four amas, that's the whole, for the whole distance you have to go, four amas, six to eight feet out of your front door, one receives a tremendous reward. This is, it's, it's really fascinating. I mean, more than marrying off a destitute bride, more than visiting someone who's terminally ill, more than actually having the guest over for a meal is the mitzvah of escorting them as they leave. And and more than that is that in addition to being a mitzvah of chesed, it also has a flip side. It's not just that if you don't do it, you're not doing chesed. If you don't do it, it's as if you're killing the person. What are the mitzvah of chesed carries with it such a heavy culpability? There's a famous story with the Vilna Gain. There was a wealthy man in his community who was exemplary in his mitzvah of chesed. He would always have guests. One day, a fire broke out in his house and it burnt down with everything he owned. And the girl was asked, why wouldn't the mitzvah of Achnas's Archim protect him? So the great answer that we find in Chazal that Vayita, it's Pasik. Pasik says Vayita Avram Eshal. Avram made an Eshal, which simply means he planted a tree with the purpose of using it to, uh, to host people. He could sit under the tree in the shade, he fed them from the fruit. But Chazal say it was, it's an acronym Aleph Shin Lamed. Aleph is Achila, he gave them to drink. Shin. Eishal, Shin is a Shtiya. He gave them, he, I'm sorry, he gave them to eat. Shin, Shtiya is he gave them to drink. But Lamed is Lavoya. He escorted them when they left. And this man didn't do the mitzvah in its entirety. Although he fed his guests, he didn't escort them when they left. And therefore he was left only with Eish, Achila and Shtiya without Lavoya. And Eish is fire. The mitzvah couldn't protect him until, when it wasn't done until perfection. The morale in a number of places explains that the mitzvah of is that through escorting the person, you recognize and you emphasize his tzalam alikim. You, you respect him. And when a person respects his own tzalam alikim, when he, he realizes what he is, he's protected from wild animals and on a more spiritual level, he's protected from all dangerous spiritual elements. And through the level of importance that you have imparted to him, the Shekhinah is brought down and escorts him from there. And through escorting a person, you show him that he's a part of your tzibur. He's part of your community. He isn't the lonely person wandering off alone. He's being sent off as a part of the whole. And that gives him the most respect. And through respecting him, it naturally gives him protection. And this is a fascinating thing to think about. You can invite someone over. You can give him to eat. He can be a guest by your suda. And that's tremendous chesed, giving him to eat and giving him to drink and hosting him. Yet, there is a level of respect that you're giving to a person when you walk him out. When you, in that way, treat him as an equal. Treat him even more than that as someone who you respect someone who you give chashivas to. You can feed and, and, and give someone to drink and they might not feel so respected necessarily. They feel the kindness. They feel the mercy. But they don't necessarily feel the respect. But if you walk them out and you demonstrate that they're important enough for you to escort them because that's something you do to important people, then you're truly emphasizing that every person has a talmud like him. And they're really someone, and they're really part of our community, and, and you value them. And even though it's a couple of steps, six feet, that's six to eight feet, that's all that's necessary. And this is such a tremendous chesed, and it builds up a person's honor and dignity. And if you don't, apparently, it humiliates the person. And it's equivalent to killing him by not giving him that opportunity 
to value himself, value his Talmud like him. There's a story written by a grandson of Avaria Levine, his name is Benji Levine, um, I believe he's a Rav now, in, I think in Philadelphia. He, he was in Eretz Yisrael, and he got onto the bus in Yerushalayim to spend Shabbos with his family, and this was in the 70s, and someone called out to him and says, hey, Benji, did you see the Idiot newspaper today? There's wonderful stories about your grandfather. Now, he was a grandson of Ravari Levine, famous Tzadik of Yerushalayim. Tzadik in our time is a book about him. And he was revered by everybody. He was such a tremendous Balchesed. He did kindness to everybody. Prisoners, Mitzrayim, Leapers, Downtrodden, no matter whoever, passed away in 1969. So he bought a copy of the paper and he read the article about his grandfather and there were stories about how he would always escort people on the streets of Yerushalayim. And many famous people spoke about him, how they would visit him in his simple little room in Yerushalayim on a street that's named after him today and they all mentioned how he would always escort them to the main road when they took leave, according to Ramah, importance of this mitzvah. So when this Rabbi Benji Levine met his father, the son of Rabbi Levine, he asked him, where was this hakpada, this, this special importance that Rabbi Levine gave to this mitzvah? Why was it so special to Rabbi? So his father said, well, Rabbi Levine was a big tzaddik and a Talmud Chacham, and he knew of this mitzvah, but there happens to be a story attached to it. Rabbi would always visit people in prison, and many times he would do it at at his own risk to himself of being associated with them, being accused of being a spy. And this is when, uh, when Israel was under British rule. So he once visited the prison and someone asked to speak to him and the British had a lot of respect for him. So they, they allow people to speak to him. And the man said, my wife and I, we both lost our families in the Holocaust. And we married and we had a child and my, my friends are in the underground and they're afraid to visit my wife because they fear they may be caught by the British. So, Rabbi, please tell, visit my wife and tell her you saw me and tell her I'm okay. So, Rabbi Levine took the address and he promised to relay the message. He went back to Yerushalayim and tried to find the wife of this prisoner and it was getting close to Shabbos and they couldn't find the address. So, as he walked by a small street, he saw a woman in the window preparing for Shabbos, you know, the last few minutes before Shabbos. So, he asked her, do you know this address? So, she says, one minute takes off her apron, walks outside, and she says, please follow me. So she led him through the streets until she found the address, and she said, this is it. So Rabbi asked her, why did you have to come all this way? Because you just told me how to get there, you know, how to do in Yishalayim, you know, Yashar Rasof Hashem Tishal. He could have just given me directions. So she said, well, you know, I thought about doing that, but I remember this is my special mitzvah. So Rabbi Levine asked her, what do you mean? What do you mean this is your special mitzvah? So she said, my father, he was a tzaddik, and before he passed away, he called me and my siblings, and he said, everybody, what do we take from this world? Money, position, status, now, all we take is mitzvahs. Everyone should have one special mitzvah. And whenever the opportunity comes, you grab that mitzvah, no matter how hard it is. So my father helped me choose my mitzvah, and that was this mitzvah, the mitzvah of escorting people, of Levoya. And when you approached me today, and it was Arab Shabbos, and it was late, and I was busy. But I said, you know, this is my special mitzvah, and I'm going to perform it totally. I thanked the young woman, and he visited then the, the prisoner's wife and brought her regards from her husband in jail. And when Arayah 
came home just before candle lighting, he wrote in his little notebook, Today I learned from a young woman the importance of fulfilling the mitzvah of this mitzvah of commandment, of, of this uh, mitzvah of Levaya, and from today on I'm always going to be careful to perform this mitzvah. So Benji read this about his grandfather, and he heard this about, from his father about his grandfather, Rabbi Levine, so he said, You know what? I'm also going to do this mitzvah. I'm going to make this my mitzvah as well. So then, Matzah Shabbos, he goes back to Yerushalayim, and Monday night he's working and walking in the street or in the evening, and he notices an older man wandering around, clearly lost. So he crosses the street, and he says, excuse me, I see you're looking around. What are you trying to find? So the man said, well, actually, I got a little confused here in the dark. I'm looking for a Partzim street. So he says, look, I just promised myself to do this mitzvah. I'm going to do this. So he said, okay, maybe uh, let me let me perform the mitzvah of escorting you, and I'll show you where you need to go. So he brought him all the way to the street, to the house where he was looking for, and he says, here it is, shalom. The man stopped him. He says, just a minute. Why did you stop and ask me if I'm looking for something? Why did you even help me and escort me the whole way? Young people, they, they don't really do that nowadays. So Benji answered. He says, well, you know what? Truth is, a couple of days ago, I might not have done this, but my grandfather used to do this. So who was your grandfather? So he said, well, I don't know if you know who he was. He was Levine. He says, you mean Ravari Levine? Yes, the famous Sadiqarai Levine, yeah, that that one. So the man started crying. And uh, Benji was at a loss. He didn't know why he was crying. So he waited and finally looked up at him and said, you know who I am? So Benji says, no, I never met you before. So he said, my name is Menachem Roy. I'm a reporter for the Yidiot. And last week I just wrote a number of stories about your grandfather and how he used to escort people on the streets of Yerushalayim. And here I am a few days later, I lose my way, and who escorts me? None other than Ravari's own grandson. So I looked at him, Benji Rai said, I looked at him and he said, you know, you know why? Because you wrote that story. I read that story. And I learned how important and beautiful it is to escort another person. Beautiful, beautiful story. And just emphasizes how wonderful this mitzvah is, how chashav it is, and how chashav you can make a person feel just by doing that little chesed, that additional chesed, which is so important, of Levaya, of escorting a person. And a good night and a good Shabbos.